attention. The movie guys love movies, and all the guests who have joined us on the movie showcast in our studio, the Admirals Club. They've been great with stories, jokes, farts, impersonations, and more. So enjoy these highlights. It's the movie guys' best of guests 2015. The official audiobook narrator of Fifty Shades of Grey. Please welcome into the Admirals Club, Becca Bateau, everybody. Hey. What you're saying, Karen, is that she brought the sexy to the text. Yep. Oh yeah. She's bringing sexy back. Could you yeah. do that with most with anything? I don't. I would hardly claim to be able to do that. <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> I think you can. Let's give it a test here. I think so. Oh, Let's God. give it a test here. We got a little Dr. Seuss's Hop on Pop. Oh boy. Oh all right. boy. That brings a whole new meaning to that. Book. See, you're already. She's already all over it. Have, have a little sexiness it, to it. Let's let's hear how it goes. All right. Wait 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 a second. Red, red, they call me red. Red bed, I am in bed. Telling ya. Red, Ned, Ted, and Ed in bed. Hop, pop, we like to hop. We like to hop on top of pop. Telling you, I knew I was on to something. When she says it, it's totally hotter. And now that she's literally here, it's really super hot. But right? I feel yeah. that wasn't. <laughs> but I feel that wasn't a challenge. Uh oh. What? Yeah, what can sexy. you do with an entry from the 1984 World Book Encyclopedia on Senator Alan Cranston? <laughs> I'm really excited. Hang on, hang on. Entry from the 1984 World Book Encyclopedia on Senator Alan Cranston. A three-term member of the United States Senate from California, Cranston campaigned vigorously in 1983 for the 1984 Democratic presidential nomination. Cranston emerged as a serious contender by winning Democratic straw polls in California, Wisconsin, and Alabama. Oh my God! <laughs> that was great. That was that really was good. It's, so it is your performance. Yes, <laughs> it is your performance right. over any text. Have a read the end user agreement from uh, Apple uh, iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that. We are joined for the second half of our show by an actor who has appeared in Hellboy and Hellboy Two: The Golden Army, as well right. as Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, The Watch. The Time Machine, do I, did, I didn't have enough breath. Doom, <laughs> Mystery Man, adaptation we could go on. He's very prolific, having just wrapped up the TV series Falling Skies. Yeah. Oh. And is no stranger to Guillermo del Toro films, as you may have noticed, so it's only right that he'll be returning in the director's next film, opening on October, Crimson Peak. Yeah! Doug Jones, everybody. Sweet. Thank you. Oh, oh you guys. No. Oh, no. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. You, so you precious, precious puppies. Oh, you haven't seen Fine. Pencil? No, I don't. Child. I Child. know. I'm six weird. Oscar, six Oscar nominations, Pan's Labyrinth. Here's my thing. By the way, did you go? Three. Yeah, go ahead. I went to the Oscars that year. Good. I talked to Joan Rivers on the red carpet. Yay! Okay, oh. no, no, this is a career. When she was alive? Yes. When she was what, That's what, badass. 2007. That counts. Yeah, 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 so it counts. That's so cool. much better when she's alive. Well, she cool. died in 2005. My guess is. She, exactly, <laughs> that's my point. My guess is she was super cool to you. She was super cool. Okay, That's my but, guess. Okay, but she oh, but, knows. but you know, but I, I did. I, I pulled. A, I, I pulled. A, um, hmm. Uh oh. What'd you do? Hmm. 
Okay, so we're in the middle of the interview, and uh, first of all, we were, they were at a commercial break when, when we when I met her. Uh, publicist John ushered me over to her, and he wanted to talk. Okay, good. And they had she had a stack of Pan's Labyrinth cards. She was ready. They her producer was feeding her all the information for whatever movie was coming down the carpet, right? So there was a Doug Jones card. There was information. Oh. So we're at a commercial break, and she goes, "How do you say this?" And I look at the card, and I say, "Oh, that's uh, Labyrinth." <gasps> no, no. And she goes. Labyrinth. Did you know that before the movie? And I said, <laughs> Oh, I said, Yeah, yeah. A lot of us did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she was pre- pre- a very smart woman. She's a very That's smart, hilarious. You know, very, hey, right. I make mistakes oh. all the time. No, no, but but we do. We do. We all we all do. Okay. So then, okay. So Cute. we're back from commercial break. We're live, and she's interviewing me. And she's asking like all the regular questions about the movie that I had all my answers for. And then, uh, then I could uh, she uh, some uh, then she says, "Well, now you've worn a lot of crazy makeups, and and uh, so uh, you know, have you ever had any problems with uh, with your skin and uh, any?" So I said, "Oh, thank heaven, no! I've never had any issues with allergies or uh, or bad reactions to adhesives or removers or latex foam rubber yeah. products or silicone products." When I said the words "silicone <laughs> products," oh! I'm, I'm looking at this face, which is a wonder of modern science, right? <laughs> and 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 so I said, "Well, you know what I mean." <laughs> On live television, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I and I couldn't. It was like get the words back. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do it fast enough. She doesn't care. Oh no! But She's that's awesome. it. No, she was great. She said, "Oh, it's too late for me, honey." Ah! Oh, oh, thank heaven! I waited you all my. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know. We're happy to be joined by Mike Burns, you, everybody. Yeah. Mike Burns. Thanks, guys. There's only one film worth talking about this week. One film that dares to go up against Avengers: Age of Ultron, hmm. and it's certainly counter-programming. Hot Pursuit. I started laughing during the Paul Blart drop, and it made me think of this movie. There are some pretty funny... I like the reoccurring bit where where she keeps getting shorter. And, and she Sophia gets getting keep, older. Getting I older. love that bit. It's hilarious. That's great. There's At a, first they say she's 45, she's yep. pissed, and they say she's 50, and she's all tied up and pissed. Because you just know at the end of the movie she's going to be three, four, three feet, she's four be inches foot, tall and yeah. some 70-year-old woman. But you know that's the bit. That's what they sold that movie on, was <laughs> yeah. that bit, and that's the best bit, and you... you they hook Come me. on, there's going to be the more. Trailer. There's That's no true. more. There's more cookies in the, yeah. in the closet. Come into the closet. No, there's no more cookies. No they more gave cookies. them to you all. Yeah. Like, we might make more. Like, no, no, no. This is a whole <laughs> menopause know. thing, right? The hot pursuit. To oh, women. there you go. Didn't hot even get that. Right? Hot flesh. Hot flesh hot pursuit. Flash pursuit. <laughs> Quick, let's go back and rewrite jokes. What? what we hot flesh pursuit. That's hilarious. <laughs> Quick, stop tape. Let's go bowling. <laughs> I should have called it Hillbilly Cup and the Unga Bunga Boobs. <laughs> I'd go see that. I, I think everybody <laughs> would. Yeah, the director of countless music videos and commercials, the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 2009 yeah. Friday the 13th, as well as Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. 3D. Wow. With Jason Momoa. Marcus Nispel, everybody. Marcus. I saw, I I was telling Marcus about this. I finally saw the Thomas Crown Affair with Steve McQueen, the original one, Steve McQueen, Faye Dunning. What I didn't know, and I was telling Marcus, is that I had no idea that Norman Jewison, who did Fiddler on the Roof, Jesus Christ Superstar, had done this movie. And Moonstruck. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I'm watching it, I'm going, oh my God, this was produced and edited by Hal Ashby. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was, was a, his editor. Oh was wow! Yes. yes, I didn't know any so of that. Oh, yes. I didn't know any yeah, of those. The Russians like, are coming. It all that yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, on the, on the PCH, they have this, like, uh, old courthouse building. When you drive past the PCH, it's like, um, it looks like the little Alamo, all white. It was okay. a Mexican restaurant not too long ago. Yeah. That was Hal Ashby's editing room. Really? Oh, an editor, cool. yeah. You can oh see it there. God. Yeah. That's cool. I Hollow just watched the documentary, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, which oh, is, yeah. it's, I yes. can't get enough of it. Because I, I watched the 70s. There's a thing called The History of Cinema that's on Netflix, and it's mm -hmm. a Scottish guy who's narrating. Has everybody seen that? I haven't seen that. Oh, it's, 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 oh yeah, yeah. It's really yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah, very strange narration. Yeah, yeah. yeah very strange narration, yeah. but then you realize, <laughs> oh, he wrote the book and he put together the documentary. Yes. So that's, oh, that's they didn't choose him. Yeah, He's yeah. just the writer of the book. But yeah, I watched that whole 70s era of filmmakers, and then I watched these writers raging bulls and ah, that's just such a uh, 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 it gets you so excited yeah. about movies the 70s filmmakers the 70s film brads mm -hmm. and and th there's there's this whole segment and I just love it because there was actual footage because I read Easy Riders Raging Bulls but they have footage because yes. in Malibu on any given day would be a house with Steven Spielberg hanging out with Martin Scorsese, hanging out with oh, uh, uh, um, Brian De Palma, Brian De Palma yeah, yeah. hanging out he with Martin. Know. He oh. doesn't know. He, he doesn't, doesn't know. He doesn't know. Tell him, please. I live in the house. No <laughs> way. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Woo! I'm coming to visit you and we're watching Friday the 13th. That's happening. Oh That's God. happening. I just watched Party at Marcus's that. house. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something? Anything you want. <laughs> Anything you want. John Melius was yes. supposed to write Pathfinder for me. So Mike Matavoy, who was his agent for a long time, okay. introduced us. And I said, John, you should meet us at my place. Because he was hanging out there with like Brian De Palma, Scorsese, oh, Spielberg. Milius uh, must have spun a story when he came over there. He was sitting that's what there. He, does. Wait, he yeah, was wait. sitting there. See, see that hole up there? Oh. That was my Luger, New Year's Eve, 1973. Oh my God! Bart, yeah. Bart, to translate, oh part of Walter from Lebowski is based on this yes. guy we're talking oh. about. <laughs> he does. He does pull a gun out and just shoot it off at a party. That's like it. Walter from Lebowski. Yeah, hey, it's based John, on Milius. There are That's rules. John. There are rules. Also, there's a documentary called Milius right now, and I it urge everybody. It's a fantastic. And George Lucas telling stories I've never heard him tell about George Milius punching people out and stuff. And he goes, he goes, John hey, Milius. I'm not making any of this up. I watched all this happen. It's really great. Yeah. Wow. My favorite part is when he talks about uh, the peace sign. That all the beatniks were these oh, peace yeah. signs back yeah, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he hated hippies, right? <laughs> so he would turn the peace sign sideways, and it's not always peace now. And he put it sideways so it looks like a B-52 bomber. And he wrote Apocalypse <laughs> Now. Apocalypse oh. Now. Oh. On the pin. That's, that's where, where that the name comes from. That's brilliant. Awesome. The guy's a treasure trove of great stories. <laughs> Glenn Moore Shower, everybody. Hey. Glenn Moore Shower. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the deal. I would be remiss mm -hmm. if I didn't coach all of you to count to 10 with me in Texans. So okay. could you do that no with problem. me? I, All right. just I might have to do it in Ohioan, but... Uh, just repeat after me, okay? Get a loose jaw going. Here we go. You ready? Just repeat after me. Just say one. One. Two. Two. No, you got to stick your neck two. out and look a whole lot more stupid than that. Two. goes like this. Watch. It's Two. Two. That's good. Three. Three. Next one rhymes with lawn mower. It's pronounced <laughs> four. Four. Two <laughs> syllables. Four. Four. Back of the throat. Five. 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 Whistle on your S. Six. 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 Next one spelled S-E-B-M. There is no V. And it's pronounced seven. Seven. Back of the throat. Eight. Eight. Nine. Nine. And the next one's also two syllables. It's not ten, but rather 
ten. Ten. Which rhymes with Glenn. 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 So that's... Uh, <laughs> I've been saying it wrong the whole show. Have you ever asked anyone for directions in Texas? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what we do. We tell you we tell you where not to go, which is just weird. You pull over and you go, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm trying to get to a Starbucks, and the guy goes, okay, here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. You want to keep going down Maple Street. He's making you're, the most amazing face. You're yeah. going to go about two miles till you see that big oak tree on your left. <laughs> Don't turn there. That's what they do. Uh, Melissa Villasenora. This is interesting, Melissa. You're in a time when when women are ruling Hollywood, right? With uh, Melissa McCarthy, they got this she's whole. She's my favorite. She's the hottest, right? Yeah. The biggest comedic talent out there. I mean, it's not a guy anymore. Oh it's her. yeah, yeah. She's. Um, they're making a Ghostbusters reboot that's all female, and just today they released a trailer. Were you aware of this for the Avengers, which they're going to reboot as an all female. Oh wow! Film. Wow, wow, I wonder who they're going to cast in that uh, reboot of the Avengers. Well, let's take a listen to the uh, trailer, and then I think we'll have a better idea. Keep we selling it, Paul. Remember how when you were it. listening to? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. You followed the Earth's mightiest heroes as they teamed up in the Avengers. <laughs> you followed the planet's greatest protectors in Batman versus Superman. Wow. <laughs> But when they're too busy to fight for humanity... I asked for Topaz Blue, and this is clearly Cerulean. Sure, I'll hold. The planet calls on an all-new team of heroes. Um, Loki, those pants are so tight. <laughs> <laughs> the all-new, all-different, all-female Avengers, featuring Sarah Silverman as Tanya Stark, the genius inventor, also known as Iron Woman, Drew Barrymore as the ageless time traveler, Captain America's darling. Um, Stark, please stop complaining and focus on our mission. <laughs> um, my mission is to inspire the youth of America by showing them just how strong an example I am when I'm not showing my shit. And Kathy Griffin as Thor. Okay, here's the deal. I am God, okay? The God of Thunder. Oh, and a God of so much more. Let me tell you. How long do you have? And how long is what you have? Ha! I'm incorrigible. <laughs> hey, look, I may be a genius, billionaire, pot smoking, foul mouthed, hilarious playgirl, philanthropist. With Barbara Walters <laughs> as Jarvis. <laughs> Ma'am, excuse me. May I ask you a question? Are you aware that all of this self-effacing humor is depleting your batteries? Oh boy, this sucks. I better call in backup. Featuring Miley Cyrus as Agent Coulson. <laughs> okay, we seem to have a mess here. I'm perfectly capable of taking care of this. Okay, I'm freaking out. Nobody told me guns would be so loud. Dr. Banner, you're going to have to handle this. And Wanda Sykes as the Hulk. Don't make me sassy. You wouldn't like me when I'm sassy. Wanda Smash. And also joining them is their single teammate of the opposite sex, Black Widow, played by Owen Wilson. Oh, well, there's robot assassins all over 47th Street. I better put more money in the media. Yeah. <laughs> With a hit song by Christina Aguilera. 
about your time on the set of Double Dragon, no. the action movie shot in Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland is a hotbed for uh, talent. Uh, Cleveland uh, doubles as Los Angeles. That's a good setup for a movie right there. <laughs> when, you're, when you're deciding Cleveland uh, should be L.A. I've been to Cleveland. It's no Los Angeles. Actually, what it is, is it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic L.A. <laughs> I yeah. see so it they go, Cleveland. Cleveland. Perfect. I see it. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Okay, so I'm out of school. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And our mutual friend, Matt Lenhart, who was one of the bigger go-getters I knew, uh, calls me up one day and says, hey, they're filming this movie in Cleveland. You want to go down and be PAs on it? And I go, why don't you go down and get a job, and then I'll come down later after you do all the work. Uh So he goes down and he gets a job as a PA, office (laughs) PA. And a couple days later, he calls me up and says, yeah, they're looking for somebody else. I'm like, all right, then I'll come down. (laughs) So uh, I do the least amount of work possible. And uh, like the literally the second day I think I'm on the job, my first day was to deliver flowers to Alyssa Milano's hotel room because her flight got delayed and she must have been very upset about that and they were apologizing. So I had this huge, bigger than me bouquet of flowers to give to her. The next day, we're setting up tables for lunch. You know, the crew breaks and so Matt and my job was to set up these fold-up tables for lunch. Guy uh, comes running over and says, hey, to to me, he goes, hey, you want to be in the movie? And I turn, I'm like, actually, I'm an actor. He's like, yeah, yeah, come here. (laughs) (laughs) I have my headshot and resume right here. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. And so meanwhile, know that Matt has been working like 15-hour days for like a week straight. And I sort of, I would like leave early. And and, uh, and so suddenly I'm in the movie. And and what they did, so it's post-apocalyptic L.A., Earthquakes happen all the time. They're having some battle. Uh, Scott Wolf and the, the other guy, Mark, I can't remember his name, uh, are having some kung fu battle. And uh, my job is to stand behind the rink and uh, pump a hydraulic system every time there's an earthquake to stabilize the building. And they're, I, I think when they built the hydraulic thing, they were unimpressed with its size. So they thought, forced perspective, we get a smaller guy in there to pump this, it's gonna look really cool. <laughs> so I'm standing there, and they're shooting the whole scene right in, f- it's like, they're right, b- and I know nothing at this point about film and how it's made, and I don't know anything about anything, so I'm sitting there like, this is pretty cool, I'm, I'm right in the camera, I'm in this movie. And, and then they were, I knew they were gonna have a close-up of me. And it's getting late and late in the day, and, and nobody's mentioned anything about pay in this, so uh, the, f- First AD is starts to walk over to me, and I'm thinking really quick. And I'm like, "Wait, I I know I'm supposed to get paid for this. Not uh, I'm I'm in enough of the movie. I've got a close up. Um, I'm gonna say that I can't come back tomorrow because I have another job, which of course I didn't. So he walks up to me and he's like, "Hey, hey, you know, hey, buddy, you know, we uh we're not gonna get to you today. Can you come back tomorrow?" And I'm like, ah, "I'd love to, but I'm working my other job." He's like, "Well, what's that?" I had Whoops. no other job. <laughs> hadn't thought that far yet. So I the other the day before I had been at the new 
Tower City in yeah. downtown Cleveland, yeah. the new mall, and a Gap Kids was opening up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited because I I can't buy clothes that don't have like f- you know patches and fluffy animals on them. So Gap Kids they're like halfway normal looking clothes. And I'm so excited. So it's the first thing that pops in my mind. I'm like oh, I w- I'm, I work at the Gap Kids down in Tower City. He goes we're filming there next week. That's fantastic. I have two little daughters back home. Can I come into the store and get a discount and get some oh, good clothes? Man, you bet, buddy. And guess what? I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. And I walked out like I need I need to come back tomorrow. I'm not gonna get paid and I gotta go to get a job at Gap Kids. So But last part should be too hard, right? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I do go down two days later and mock up a resume and go, I really wanna work at your store. I love it. This is amazing. And they're like, Well, we're just opening. Okay. And I'm like oh my God. Can I start right away? Can I work next weekend? They're like, all right, sure. Why don't you? And I'm like, I'd like to work on Saturday. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay. So the guy comes in and I'm working at Gap Kids. I had that job for six years. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Marvin Berry, the lead singer of the Starlighters, a band featured in the now classic Enchantment Under the Sea dance in the legendary film Harry Waters Jr. Oh, live in Burbank. And also with <laughs> us. downtown Burbank. That's right. None other than Goldie Wilson, the good mayor of Hill Valley himself. Mayor! Mayor! mayor. That's a right. good idea. <laughs> Donald Full of Love. Tonight, we Tell actually me. were doing the Enchantment Under the Sea dance Ooh, okay. in the gym where we actually shot oh, that's the what I dance oh, okay. in 1985. When and you were no, just a child. 55. We were going back in time to 55, right. but we shot it in 1980. Don't ruin the illusion. On, no, no, no. I was there. You know what? Wait a minute. You, let wait, me tell you. You, let me you tell wasn't you. there. Wait, wait, wait. You were not me, in my gym. Let me tell you no, why said, he's wrong, and he's going to understand very shortly. Yes. 1984, that was shot. Oh. No, no. With, no. er- with Eric Stoltz. Oh my gosh, they're fighting. No, no, you don't understand. You didn't work I, with Eric Stoltz? I never did. My scene, this really? is something, he, you don't oh. even know this. And, yes, tell The me. scene in the Enchantment Under the Sea Dance was the first new thing they shot. Oh. After, after the, Eric. Oh. After Everybody. He started in 1985 <laughs> AE. No, after Eric. So, <laughs> right, so, so everybody was happy. Yeah, it explains a lot because when you see Michael J. Fox do that scene, he is on fire. Like, he's trying he's, to prove a point. He's like, this is new, then I get I to get own to it. it. I'm not having to recreate yeah. anybody else's stuff. It's all brand new. That's the crew cool. was excited. Every mm-hmm. extra was excited. You weren't there. You should have been there. You should have come so to interrupt with that. Because okay. uh, just to set the table in case anybody doesn't realize that Eric Stoltz was originally cast as Marty McFly. I think everybody knows okay, that they shot a And bunch nobody of, really cares. But here's my question. My question <laughs> was... <laughs> You're, you're saying that everyone was happy that he was gone? Was it because no. he was just bad at it? <laughs> no, or? they were happy because it was new material. Yeah, they had they, been they had to reshoot it. everything so up until that moment. Yes. So this was like something new. We don't have oh, to like recreate it. You. you understand okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's your friend. Yeah, I'm Harry. I'm Harry, saying I'm, my job on the show is to make sure. But it's been 20 years. Understand. You understand why it's I been 20 years now. now. Thank you. Okay, so to all the listeners, this is Goldie Wilson. I originally worked with Eric Stoltz. Oh, you did. You did the scene. And I worked for four weeks with him, and it was over. (laughs) And unfortunately, 
I don't remember one minute of oh, it. Really? Well, wow. Michael Fox came on the scene uh-huh. and just blew it all out the water. He just uh-huh. blew it out of the water. So you were face to face with the dude, and it just kind of it didn't click. It, it didn't stay with you. I don't remember. That, that scene is, that that scene is out that there because it's the scene where... So the Congressional where... Committee, I, I, I can't recall. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's cool that when Michael came in and you definitely noticed a difference and things kind of Because that up. scene is out there, right, where he first looks at his dad at the counter at the at the soda shop, mm-hmm. whatever, right? and realizes Stokes. that Eric Stokes, it's yeah. his dad. What does it look like? I, I don't know. Universal <laughs> won't let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to put that out there. Somewhere it exists, though, on some planet. That's cool. That's really great, okay. though. So, so going back, did they reenact the scene outside, or what no, happened? No, they. Well, it was a. They just had a dance, right? They, okay. And so, while well, I was singing the song, did you sing it? Yes, Lovely. of course. I can several times. So glad. And, excuse me. Many times. And well, believe it or not, and very well. No, tonight I actually had because there we go. <laughs> nah, you have to get it rolled by twice. I was gonna say, can I sing harmony with you? I know a harmony. This is for all you love. Okay, out I'm there. gonna try. You're gonna oh, yeah. me. Earth angel, earth angel, will you be mine, my darling dear? Love you for a time. I'm just a fool, a fool in love with you. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. In the garage <laughs> on a Saturday night. I feel the so girl much in the better now. Yes. That was great. Thank you for You're, letting me do that. Thank you for You're doing fantastic. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. oh my God. That was awesome, actually. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. Yay. Yay. The vocal coach to the stars. It's Chet Loudly, everybody. Chet Loudly. Oh, wait a second. Let's get you a proper applause. And Chet's even wearing a nice jacket, too. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure to be here. All right, now we were listening to a scene from Run All Night, and it sounds like the Harris and Neeson uh, actors in it, they're, they're gargling marbles. We're not off on this one, no, are we? Not at all, Paul. It's a choice epidemic these days. A, a choice-edemic, or <laughs> stupid. I think uh, you pointed it out in Will Smith's character from Focus a few weeks ago. Oh, let me play some of that. There's no room for heart in this game. It'll get you killed. And we're just a month away from Vin Diesel growling his way through another Fast and the Furious movie. Give him a reason to stay. Wasn't hiding. That's the deal. Take it or leave me. (laughs) But that's all the rage these days. (laughs) Oh, wait, now how did all this start? Well, a lot of people think it started with Batman. Where is he? I don't know where he is. He found us. He must have friends. No, it makes sense that Bruce Wayne wouldn't want to sound like himself as Batman so he could maintain his secret identity right. and, and lisp as, as Bruce Wayne as well. And, of course, <laughs> they went that direction. Now, you don't want him to sound like, uh, Hi, I'm Batman. Swear to me. You know, the, you don't want that. Yeah, right? no, but okay. they still wouldn't think that's Bruce Wayne. No. But not a good superhero voice. No, good no, point. no. That, that's my point. That's my point. Paul, yeah. that's my point. Okay. <laughs> but Christian Bale went very far with it. You can't out-bail Bale at this point. So people are trying to find a middle ground between mumblecore and full bail. I think it began with Burgess Meredith in Rocky. He's just another fighter. No, he ain't just another fighter. <laughs> this guy is a wrecking machine, and he's hungry. You ain't been hungry since you won that belt. <laughs> I think people have tra- been trying to do what he's been doing for years. Nothing Mickey ever said was unimportant. <laughs> now, is there any truth to the idea that these two actors in Run All Night, Neeson and Harris, 
They're just trying to emulate the greats like Brando, who mumbled a lot. Oh, absolutely. Remember the great scene in Heat with De Niro and Pacino? They sat and mumbled the plot in that famous diner scene? Well, Harris and Neeson were in a restaurant in, in the trailer for this and probably said, hey, we should do that too. Here, I mashed them up so you can compare. You did? Oh, you did. Okay. I'm here asking for my son's life, Sean. You know, we're sitting here. <laughs> you and I are like a couple of regular fellas. You do what you do. I do what I got to do. I'm the only one ever cared about you. And all of that ended an hour ago when you killed my son. There's a flip side to that coin. <laughs> this movie I want to see. What if you yeah, do got me boxed in? These four guys on screen? And I got to put you down. That is amazing. See, I just don't think I could put in the time required to grumble my way to an Academy Award. Oh. <laughs> Nonsense. It's all about taking the banal and adding a gravelly voice. Boom. Whatever you're saying suddenly gets urgent and people start paying attention. Well, it certainly sounds like the broadcasters on NPR who are directed to talk with vocal fry. Uh, it's, a, it's a lateral move from that to a gravel voice. Here, I brought in some famous movie lines that sh shouldn't at oh, all have a grumbly <laughs> delivery. Now, you see if you can make them important. Karen, go ahead and give uh, a start. Uh, give, give, give a famous line from uh, movies, the NPR vocal fry. Uh, there's no crying in baseball. You sound like a grandmother. I know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, no, no, no. Lower your pitch. Now, now try uh, to get lower your pitch. There's no crying in baseball. No, I sound like a transvestite. <laughs> <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. Great, great. Okay, now th this, <laughs> this, has, uh, th this has been enlightening to say the, the most. Now, let's get on to all trying a couple of these. Go ahead. Who wants to throw one out? Uh, I'm going to try one that I think we're all very familiar with and then we would agree that if it were delivered so, give it the gravitas help yeah. him if you so, need oh i didn't do gravitas chat. so i have to open open the bottom of the throat chat oh yes yes yeah, uh, pretend that perhaps you've been kicked in the throat oh. and then but, but while you had a coke bottle in your mouth oh and you got some glass the in your movie throat. is about liam neeson so just uh. open up and pretend like he's coming in Jesus. Uh, you need me to punch you in the gut before you do this? Sometimes that helps. I'm going to let what Karen said settle in a little bit. Uh, nobody puts a baby in a corner. Oh, that was uh, good. Very good. No, yeah. Very good. Here, let me try one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> over. Nothing is over until we say it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? German? Germans? Just let him go. He's on a roll. Forget it. He's rolling. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. You guys are good at that. Jamie, you're a professional right. actor. Wait. You could probably make so this happen. Play, uh, play Bale again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Play Bale. All right. Play him first. Yeah. All right. Jesus. All right. Hang on. Oh, see, I got you out of your rhythm. Where is he? <laughs> I don't know where he is. Where is he? <laughs> he Hold on. <laughs> good, so good. You want, I'll do, I'm going to do two versions. I'll do Bale as this one. Okay. Play it one more time. <laughs> Where is he? I don't know where he is. He found us. He must have friends. Okay. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> You've done it. You've done it. How Fantastic. was that chat? That was great. Wow. That was great. Absolutely Batman's great. Chet, th that th awesome. Chet, this has been enlightening to say the least. JP Manu is Yay. with us. That's him. <laughs> Out with the Manold, in with the Manu. Yeah. Happy Manu year. Everybody. Told you we were professionals. Okay, well, we're still on your, anyway. your career. Transformers. Yes. Yeah, so that's Michael Bay remembering me from auditioning for like Aerosmith videos a million years ago. Shut oh. up. That was, happens? I didn't, he yeah, you? I didn't Which audition. Which Transformers are you in? The first one. Cool. And he, uh, there was, that was like a phone call. It was like, hey, uh, Michael just wants you to Yay. go downtown uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, it's not in the script, but he's gonna put a camera on you and like uh, you're just do whatever he says. 
was like, yeah, I've heard, I'll do that. I've awesome. heard stories. Yeah. Is he, I've heard stories. Is he about. a loon or is he? Yeah, I mean, he's insane. He, he like fired the uh, first AD <laughs> like when I got there and he hired him again after lunch. Like um, <laughs> they were blowing up all of downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. When, you, when your movies make as much money as that guy does, I guess you just let yeah. him do whatever the hell then he wants. Then after lunch, he's like, where is he? They're like, you fired him. Like, get him back here. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. He went home with his box of belongings. Such a sketch. Um, but that, yeah. that was, I was lucky enough to do uh, a little improvised bit for that as a man on the street uh, whining about all the debris and like, my moped's under there, man. Um, and then uh, he brought me back for the island uh, where mm. I was a retarded clone. Oh, yeah. I, you'd be great really? at that. As, as a retarded yeah. clone, yeah. Well, there's certain things that are just like, who do we Those call? Those are his words, too. I, w- I would have said <laughs> developmentally challenged, but challenge Michael, Michael ret- Bay said, you're a retarded clone. <laughs> I was like, all right. He would know. <laughs> and sitting in the whole show is actor Eddie Jemison. Hey! Hey! Well, then, of course, yeah, later you ended up uh, doing the Ocean's Eleven films with Steven. So, uh... No brainer, big audition. How did it all work uh, to come on board those? I was living in Chicago. I was doing theater. Um, with, and that's I, how all of your stories start. I just yeah, went, I was well, living I, in Chicago. I can appreciate that. I was doing theater. Yeah, and uh, I got this. I went to audition for a Coen Brothers movie. That was they needed a sheriff. They were shooting. Was in it called Illinois. Fargo? No. Oh. That would have been nice. That would have been something. No. Yeah, some some weird movie from the Cobra's I, I really wanted it. I needed that part. And the, I, I could tell I didn't do well. Mm. And the casting director said, wait, you're Eddie Jemison? I was like, yeah. He's like, I've been calling your agent. I was like, yeah, oh. my agent, Um, she just closed her doors. She probably didn't. She's like, I have a script for you. What? In my car. Shut up. Ocean's Eleven, you're in it. I was like, no, I know I'm I mean, auditioning. You're... She goes, no, 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 you're in it. Oh, that's so what? cool. <laughs> so there was no audition. Yeah, there you go. Good. <gasps> that's hysterical. So I was like, three months later, I was moving to this. When did you place. find out who yeah, else was awesome. in that movie? <laughs> like, um, I think maybe then. Oh, wow. She might have told what me. What was that like? They're like, wait a minute. I'm in with Brad Pitt, George Clooney. I went and was in Matt this play, Damon. and I was telling people, and I was trying to impress Laura, who's my wife now. That but, worked. And she was totally not, worked. That totally worked. <laughs> and I was it. like, I'm going to be in this movie with Brad Pitt and, and George Clooney. And everyone was like, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Who makes a movie <laughs> no, with I, both I, those I, guys? I, 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 and Julia Roberts, what? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, let me guess, Matt Damon, too, yeah, or whatever. Okay, whatever. whatever. That's how it was like. That's what it was like. <laughs> it does sound like you're just lying. It yeah. sounds like I was lying. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be with Matt Damon and George Clooney. <laughs> and she's like, I Pitt. thought he was cute, but he's such a liar. I can't get into this guy. <laughs> so did you have a, a lot of time with those those actors? Yeah, months yeah. and months and months. In Europe and in... Oh my it God, was crazy. Amazing. And I was so... I was so nervous. Oh, I would be totally I was nervous. Like, uh, did you have a lot of lines? I'm not familiar with your words. <laughs> <laughs> you don't no, see me grabbing your gun and waving it. All I didn't have a lot of lines. That's good. That's but what I, I was like. on set with these guys, and they were all so funny, and they were irreverent. And I'm like, I gotta crack some jokes here. Yeah, you gotta step and up. And I would really be shy, and I'd kind of crack one, and no one would hear it. And then eventually, <laughs> Matt Damon started picking up and repeating. And then, um. Stealing Bernie Mac would like eh, Casey. He'd grab me. He thought it was Casey. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like Casey, tell that joke. Oh my god, tell I that joke it. to everybody. Casey, oh, Casey. Like, oh. <laughs> who's Casey? Casey Affleck. My Eddie. I know you. I know <laughs> oh, oh. you, Eddie. 
The fantastically prolific actress who has appeared in three best pictures, four if you count Rango, as well as I do, as well as 160 plus other projects, and can currently be seen on the Mindy Project as Beverly, the receptionist at Mindy Kaling's OBGYN clinic, Shulman and Associates, Beth Grant. You mentioned something that I thought was curious. You said you went into audition. Yes. Does is that what you were? You had a chip on your shoulder about because yes. honestly, because if you don't know what Beth Grant can do by now, you're not paying attention. <laughs> what am I right? saying? Right? Like, <laughs> people go, I don't know if I should have Beth Grant in this part. Well, really? This is, this is the this is the thing is that my agent had mistakenly uh, told me that Greg Daniels was producing the show, and I said, Well, Greg knows me. I did King of the Hill. Uh, I did a couple episodes of The Office. He mm-hmm. knows me very mm-hmm. well. I said, If he if I have to audition, then I don't think I'm right for it because. He knows me well enough to know what I can do. Right. And then they call back. They said, oh, no, he's not. We, we were confused. He's oh. not producing. He has nothing to do with it. And I said, oh, okay. So Mindy doesn't know me. So, you know, my yeah, episodes are at the same time. Yeah, but they're not everybody. You no, know. but, I mean, I, 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 it feels like somewhere in that process, somebody should have taken somebody aside and said, you know what? Actually, Beth has acted before. Here are 187 <laughs> things she's done. That's what she was Take saying. Take a look at one or two of them. Bart, she was saying that she went in there all piss and vinegar with a chip on her shoulder and that's exactly well, what that's Beverly that's how she got the part. Maybe oh. it was a plot. <laughs> it could have been. Maybe they planned the casting director the whole time. Let's really piss, piss her, her off. <laughs> and then she'll give us her. But and I here got, we are inviting you on like but suckers. I knew the casting director for 30 years, too. And she oh, okay. was a good friend. And she did something I've never had done at an audition ever. She casting said, couch, right? She, uh, yeah. That was Senior, sex. <laughs> Senior sex. Senior sex. I got a reputation. I got to live up to it. She said, let's give Beth a prop. Beth needs a prop. And I was like, a prop? You know, I just it's not something you do at auditions. She brought me a little bowl of almonds. So I thought, okay, <laughs> I'll give you a prop. And I took that almond, I threw it in the air, caught it in my mouth and chewed it and kept on talking. And I think that's why I got the part, because oh, I was wow. pissed off and she <laughs> gave me that prop. So after I was made a regular, I sent her like a basket full of all different kinds of almonds. <laughs> <laughs> in gratitude, because who knew that being pissed off would get me the role, but... Uh, it, it's such a great role. I mean, the lines are so... And then that first pilot, my favorite line was, they said, don't you have any dreams? Don't you want to do stuff? Yeah, sometimes I dream that uh, I'm the den mother for a sheik's harem, you know, making sure they don't escape and have a side business, waxing them and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not love that? Is that Who wrote that line? I should ask Mindy exactly who thought of that. It's stuff. Probably her. Nominated for six Academy Awards is American Sniper, which stars Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller, and among a big and very authentic supporting cast, our guest for the rest of the show, Iman Saman, ladies and gentlemen, Yay! joining us. So we were talking earlier, you are born in Egypt, and, and you're here in Hollywood being not just an actor, but a successful actor mm-hmm. in an Oscar-nominated movie. How, how do you put that together? How does that happen? I barely got out of Cleveland. <laughs> let alone, let alone I, uh, Egypt. I understand. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, honestly, I, I still, it's very, very surreal, you know, because I grew up watching Clint Eastwood movies in, in Cairo uh, when I was a kid watching his you know uh, Good, Bad and the Ugly and all the spaghetti yeah. westerns and I loved his movies and I never really thought that you know that I'd actually meet the guy in the context of actually working with him even when I moved to Hollywood here specifically to be an actor I didn't think that 
that's kind of a possibility. Yeah. Uh, when I got the audition, I was like, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to go and like they're going to give it to someone with more credits or whatever. Um, and uh, but I got it. And, yeah. you know, and um, these things happen in Hollywood, man. So don't lose the faith. That's it, right. Uh, there you go. Good Egyptian it, boy living in the it, American dream. It happens. <laughs> yes. You're out of Cleveland, yes. so you're not doing so bad. Yeah. <laughs> First step has been taken. I think really uh, one of one of my ultimate goals is eventually uh, because I you know I grew up in, in Cairo in a average neighborhood you could say poor neighborhood in Cairo and uh, and ultimately I want to uh, get to a point where my career and my success inspires a kid that is like me like you know when I was a kid over there playing soccer in the dirt and then they can see me and say. You know, he was just like me, and if he can do it, I can do it. No, no dream is too big. You know, that's ultimately what I'd love to represent as a, you know, as a Middle Eastern in Hollywood is to, for these kids that are um, there to see that. Oh, you know, it's not that hard. Dan Beckadol. Thank you. Very funny. Very talented. Let's talk about the heat for a second because mm-hmm. we're all on the verge of uh, Ghostbusters. And Paul Feig has taken over the franchise. Yep. I am one who thought Bridesmaids was okay. I thought The Heat was quite good. And I thought Spy was ridiculously good. Spy was amazing. So if he's just getting better every movie, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, he's been brilliant for years with the rest of development and other projects. But as far as a director goes, I'm looking forward to big things from Ghostbusters. Uh, so sad experiences working with uh, Paul oh, Feig? Oh, Paul was, Paul was amazing. Uh, yeah. that, was, that, was, uh, that film was one of those... Um, that's one of those stories I love talking about because I didn't get that movie. Rob Corddry got that movie. And uh, I got a call on a Sunday night saying, have you ever worn contacts? And I said, no, I've never worn contacts. Can you wear contacts? I said, what are we talking about here? Who is this? Yeah. When you keep going. Do you like was, Italian? And yeah. And, uh, yeah. Could you, you know, make your eyes? You like movies about gladiators? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Um, and, uh, and they said, uh, well, what are you doing this week? Would you be able to fly out to Boston? And I said, I really actually need to know what we're talking about here at this <laughs> point because, uh, you know. To answer yes or no to these things is, you know, going to depend. Not like I was going to turn anything down, but it sounded like it could be something weird. Um, And I'll give you the reason why I thought it might have been something weird. But anyway, uh, and so it was, you're going to go for a contact fitting tomorrow on Monday. And once we get the contact fitting set on Tuesday, you'll be flying out Tuesday night to do a makeup, hair, and eye test for camera for Paul Feig on set for the heat. And I said, wait a minute. If they're already shoot, what the hell happened? They went, oh, don't worry about it. No, no, no. He he loved you. They really oh. responded to your audition. I said, but this was like four weeks ago. And they said, yeah, well, some. And it turns out Cordry had it, but he had something else at the same time and mm. couldn't do both the way, way back. So he couldn't uh, do both. That's good to hear. Yeah, that it he wasn't Hot Tub Time Machine 2. That it wasn't. No, no, no. Way, no. Way, <laughs> it was the way, way back. And he couldn't do both. So, you know, he wound up going down, down, uh, the beach there to uh, the way, way back. And I went out to Boston and, and did that. And Paul, from the first word out of his mouth was, again, it's Veep. It always goes back to Veep nowadays. It's like, oh, God, I just love what you do on Veep. If you just do that in this albino makeup, that's what we're looking for. And I said, oh, sure, great. So just be abusive to them, hate women. That's what I'm doing. Oh, got it. Okay. I can do that. So, now, the, real quickly, to drag this out, the reason I thought it might have been something weird was because about six months before that, I got a call 
saying, there's this weird audition. I'm going to send you the sides. You just memorize it. You show up and they're going to tape you and then you're going to leave. And then we'll let you know whether or not you get. And I'm like, well, that's a strange thing. <laughs> yeah. What is this? And they said, got to be Star Wars. Right? Yeah, I was like, I was like <laughs> what is this? And there was a, a, a non-disclosure. It doesn't matter now because it's been years and years. But and uh, I got there, I did the thing, and um, then I got a callback for it. And I said, what the hell is this? And they said, well, here's the thing: Banksy is up for the Academy Award for exit through the gift shop hmm. he's obviously not going to be showing up so he wants to hire somebody to be his <laughs> acceptance speech so so i went and did the dry run i did was at the critics choice awards where i went and i sat there in a in a tux oh and just sat there like this the whole time and like in that one that's a like dinner, the whole night yeah that's a dinner table setting where they're in dinner tables and there's there's tarantino and there's, oh you know, every, per they're all there and I want to meet them all, but I'm in the character of Banksy's lawyer. Whoa. So I'm sitting Banksy's there at the lawyer. table like this. <laughs> That's awesome. The whole oh night. Schwarzenegger's up there talking behind me on the stage. I just wanted to say. Did and, you eat? And I didn't eat. I didn't do a thing. I oh sat there God. like That's this amazing. the whole time. So that if he won, I was going to go on stage and accept the award. He didn't win. Then the Oscars come up and. I'm once again, we need you to go do the thing. So I go to this huge <laughs> gathering at this hotel where the entire group that had anything to do with the film is at this little hotel. And I have to rehearse the speech six or seven times onto a camcorder, essentially. And then they take it in another room and they come back and they go, okay, here's the notes. And I'm like, this is weird. Who's giving these notes? <laughs> you know, like, obviously this person is here or it's many of you. Maybe Banksy's a collective, I'm just saying. Oh. And um, and that's based on nothing other than frustration of when the hell are they going to you know, <laughs> introduce me to the guy. Whose name was on the check that they wrote you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a production company yeah. of some sort, Rat Droppings or something. Um, and I went to the Oscars, and when when they started, they, uh, you know, the, the, the category of feature-length documentary, and my heart went, boom, boom. and my heart was like, and my breathing just suddenly went, holy shit, whoa. <laughs> I might actually, at, at the Critics' Choice, I was like, oh, who gives a shit, you know? <laughs> but at the Oscars, I was yeah, freaking, thanks, yeah. I was freaking out. And um, of course, uh, saving Superman, or waiting for Superman one. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I'm, they're all Brits. So they're all like, what the bloody hell? And I was like, well, you got to understand, we got a chip on our shoulder about our education system. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna beat that. You know, but, but that's that's the long, very long story wow. to tell you why when the heat came up, I was wow. like, what what goofy shit are you getting into now? That's amazing. That I need to be prepared for because you're freaking me out. Did they put you on camera when they put the nominees up? Uh, they showed us uh -huh. sitting okay. at the thing, but of course it's the two um, producers that were there, okay. and their names are on the film as producers, right? But, um, and, and at some point, oh, in the limo ride on the way over to the awards from the hotel, it was, um, you know, hold on, darling. Yes, hello. Oh, okay, it's Banksy. Okay, right, very well. Okay, good. Uh, will do. Hold on. I'm going to put uh, Banksy on speakerphone. He's not going to speak. You're going to do the speech. And then I'm going to listen to him. He's going to give me some notes for you. And then you're going to do it again. And I'm, all right, fine. So she holds up the phone at me, which just says, you know, a number on it yeah, unknown the, or yeah. something yeah. <laughs> and and it's on speaker and i do the speech and then 
she puts it back up to her ear. Yeah, we'll do. Right, very well. Very good. Okay, bye, love. And hangs up and goes, okay, good. Just throw it down in the middle part there, you know, type of thing. And I'm like, well, how could I say no? You're going to the Oscars. What crazy awesome. Well, not only that, but like, I could have gone to the Oscars with this thing or that thing, but like to go with like the unknown bandit of art, like, it's, it was a, Pretty amazing experience, One and the- they they paid me really well. Was it a complicated speech? Mm. Here's what it was. Because I'm so curious, it. and yeah, they're it all making you do it. Your forum. It would have been uh, 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 exit through the gift shop, Banksy. Banksy couldn't be here today, so to accept the award on his behalf is his attorney, whatever name they made. And I would have gone up there, rat dropping. And I would have, yeah, I would have said. I'm sorry, Banksy couldn't be here this evening. Um, He sent me in his stead. I am his attorney. He's asked me to read this prepared statement. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. I want to thank my mom and my dad and everybody at art school. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, let's ask you what we ask every guest who comes on our show. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, you told me to have that ready. You know, when Something About Mary came out, they totally screwed me because Harold and Maude has always been my favorite movie, Uh, and it's Mary's favorite movie. And and I was like, are you uh, kidding uh, me? Now it's like I'm- Too hip a choice. Some Farrelly Brothers, (coughs) you know, suck up. And and no- You're a hipster. When I was uh, 78, uh, 1978, I was eight years old, and they had Photomat, which was like a drive-through where you could yeah. get VHS if you had a Betamax or VHS in <laughs> right. '78, which not a lot did, but we did somehow. And my mom's best friend picked up a copy of Harold and Maude and brought it to our house and said, "Here," and gave it to our family as a gift. And oh, we watched wow. it as a family. And now I was eight, which means my brother was twelve, and you know I got six brothers and sisters. And uh, half the family is mortified, and I was riveted. <laughs> yeah. uh, one, I love Cat Stevens. And my oldest sister is a huge Cat Stevens fan, my sister Cammie. And um, so I was always into Cat Stevens. And so the the music caught me immediately, but I got the comedy. Mm-hmm. At eight, I got that comedy, the dark side of that comedy. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of stuck with me. And then in the very darkest moments of my life when I really thought, I want to... I think I might be done with this living thing. I watched Harold Maud. <laughs> I'd go out to the bar, get loaded, come home sad, depressed, put on Harold Maud, and feel a little better <laughs> for for an hour and fifty minutes. You know, uh, and I think Ruth Gordon, the it's one of the best performances in all of film. Is her performance in that film? I think she's way under underappreciated. And I met Bud Court at an oh. audition one time, and I didn't have the guts to say. But I just want to tell you, man, I think you're great. And Harold Mudd's favorite <laughs> film ever. I just went like, hi, how's it going? We're auditioning for the same mm. thing. So, hi, how are you? And I left it at that. But that's oh, wow. hands down my favorite film. There were a bunch of films that kind of went over my head. I watched them too young as a kid. Network, Last Picture Show, <laughs> yeah. Chinatown. Sure. But Harold and Maude, I saw that same era. Yeah. I, it connected. That yeah. and A Clockwork Orange. Those connected for some reason. <laughs> but Harold and Maude really connected. That movie is, yeah, and it still does today with whoever's I love, watching it. My favorite, now it comes from a play. That's part of what makes the, I think the dialogue so rich in that. Harold Maude's based on a play? Yeah, it's based on a play. Oh. But oh, um, my favorite line in the whole thing is when they're sitting in the field of um, dandelions, essentially, or daisies or whatever they are. And she says, what's your favorite flower? And he goes, I don't know, one of these probably. And she goes, why? And he goes, because they're all the same. And she said, oh, but they're not. Look, some are 
make me cry. Oh. <laughs> some some are some are broken, some are bent, some are bigger, some are mm. smaller, some are missing pedals. They're all different. All these little differences that make them wonderful. And I think many of the world's problems come from people who are this but allow themselves to be treated as this. And she indicates to the big, huge field of flowers. Mm. And I just remember that. You know, like I said, I was way broken at this time when I was mm. watching it every night, mm. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to watch anything every night, like, I'm going to watch it. And that was the moment that I went, yeah, I'm that. I'm not that. I'm that. I'm not that, you know? Wow. And, it, and it's, I mean, I don't want to say it saved my life, but it certainly enhanced my life. Wow. That's cool. That, that would be one of the better. Uh, right? That was a great. Greatest, we now have a new correct answer for what I mean, uh, your favorite I mean, movie of all time. That is that is such a great. Uh, and I almost cried. Yeah, yeah. That right. Great. Also a first. That, that is a great. That is says something so great about movies for the show that we've done for six years now. That's all about movies and how much we love movies and defend them and live and breathe for them. It's like wow, that really made a difference in your life, Dan. Well, I think and, and here's and a great movie to do it. <laughs> oddly and silly enough, you know, it connects to that that point that Trumbo was making. Which is, you know, this is a very powerful medium, and of course, that was what the uh, the Alliance for Preservation of American Ideals was standing for: is this is a powerful medium, and you're going to recruit people to mm. turn yeah. this country communist. And he said, no, it's a powerful medium, and we can reach people, and we can affect them, and we can change their lives, and we can we can get them through. And really, that's what it's for. <laughs> I mean, we're all fans; we're buffs, so we'll go see. Any, my dad used to say, "You'd see a dog fight," and it's like, "Well, if it's on a screen, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd go, I'd go see anything, mm-hmm. you know." And it really was to get me through. Leaving Las Vegas got me through probably the second hardest part of my life mm. because I went and saw that, and I went, "Well, it could be worse." I was just gonna say, <laughs> you know, because there's no hope. <laughs> in could, that I'm one. gonna start smoking <laughs> again, but it could be worse. <laughs> my favorite movie is Ghostbusters, and partially because it's. A great movie, but I lucked out because that's when my dad had a heart attack and they thought he died. So I was 14 and we lived pretty far away from where the hospital was. And so we got the call that my dad was in the hospital. We got to the hospital and the doctor told us he had passed because they gave him the wrong medicine. And and then he came back and they're like, no, we brought him back. And so as like a little kid, you're like, what is happening? And so um, he was in the hospital for like two weeks. So in that first week of him being in the hospital, my mom would take us to the hospital and then you're there all day because it was in the summer but my brothers just got their license and they could drive so my mom's like just take her to the mall and so they took me to the mall and I'm just all freaked out and I'm like I'll see Ghostbusters because I love Bill Murray so I saw it and I forgot my dad was Mm. sick and when the movie was over I remembered again I was like I want to see that movie again because it took me away from the reality of this horrible thing that happened. Saw it 10 times in the theater that week. Yeah. That's awesome. It was awesome. Because my mom would be like, just take her to that movie again. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The power of movies. Thank God it wasn't a horrible movie. I was going to say, thank God (laughs) it wasn't Gremlins. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, what else was out in the theaters? Ice Pirates? Into the night. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go see Ice Pirates (laughs) 10 times. Yeah. (laughs) 